And now it's time for the UP's favorite live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, presented by John's Auto Marquette. Here's Blake Froling. What's going on, Marquette? Welcome into the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Got Ryan Stieg from the Mining Journal in studio. We are newly presented by John's Auto Marquette. Give us a call, 906-226-4570. Football is now officially back since we had our preseason games. We'll give our overreactions to mm-hmm. Packers games. Well, you got you always have to have an overreaction. Yes, yes. Any preseason game, training camp practices, got to overreact. So that's what we'll do. Do a little bit of that. We will talk some Lions. They play tonight. Way so we'll, late. Way late. 10.30. <laughs> that's going to be a tough one for me. Uh, we'll talk some high school football. Our preview show tomorrow, noon. Tune in. It's going to be great. Just finished it up before you came in. It nice. is magical. An hour of high school football bliss. That's what I'm calling it. High school football can be bliss. Yeah. Especially when you've gone so long without it. Yeah. Well, you're a football guy. Mm-hmm. I'm also a football guy. I've, I've missed it. A lot of football I mean, I love, I love summer up here because it's very laid back and you go down the lake and it's fun. But... I've gotten that itch, you know. I want to mm-hmm. cover football again. I want to get back into it. I'm ready. Just a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's coming up quick. Two mm-hmm. weeks. Two weeks until first game. kickoff. So we'll do that. We'll talk some Red Wings too. They just re-signed Dylan Larkin, but maybe got some bad news on another player. Talk some baseball. Talk some Pistons having an unusual sight for one of their exhibition games, and we'll have our Friday funnies. Highlight of the week? Yep. Pretty full show today. Let's mm-hmm. start with some football, though. Overreactions. Packers beat the Tennessee Titans. But in these, in the first preseason game especially, the starters play for maybe one or two series at the most, if they play at all. So that's, that's what I look at, mm-hmm. the, the first couple series, because you see the guys are out there that are actually going to be playing on Sundays. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm going to overreact. For my okay. first one here. The Packers' defense is absolute trash. Do you see how, how quickly they got gashed by the Titans? Uh, I saw Marcus Mariota look excellent on that first drive. Is he the next Tom Brady? Because I think so after watching Are you, you going to go really overreaction? Yeah, that's... Uh, wait, overreaction? That was that was my normal reaction. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking <laughs> no, about. Okay. Um, he looked very good. I, I was impressed with him. And that first drive, you know, they're... A lot of those guys on defense are actually going to play pretty yes. regularly, and they look bad. Now, sometimes you can say, hey, it's the first week of the preseason, but really, you've had training camp now. You should be a little into it. No, we have to overreact. That's the you whole do? point. Okay. So, yeah, they're terrible. Okay. Like I was telling Charlie on Tuesday, you know, he's he's a diehard Packers fan. fan. Of the show. You know, just because you're a, you're a highly picked player as a rookie doesn't mean you're going to be an all-pro. That's what Packers fans are banking on with Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson. Oh, they were highly regarded, so they're going to be all-pros, and the Packers defense is going to be the best in the NFL. That's basically the sentiment I got. So was no. I upset when the Titans gashed him right away? Mm, not really. I got a little chuckle out of it yeah. because, you know, all you've heard in, like, these preseason picks are that, oh, you know, People are saying Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and it's like just because Rodgers is back. And mm-hmm. It's like, did they? I mean, they made some changes, but not a lot. You know, people it's are like, it's not like they're like, all right, we're going to get rid of these guys and add these guys, and we're going to make a perfect defense. I mean, they they're still young, still inexperienced. It's like, I love how Packers fans also <laughs> just completely ignore the fact that Mike Patton used to be. Coach of the Browns. the Browns. Yeah, I noticed that it too. It was so bad. But no, no, it doesn't count. doesn't count. Well, they only maybe, look at his other I defenses. think it's because Dom Capers was so hated, you know, by Packers fans. They could have hired anyone. They could have hired everybody and they, anybody, and they'd probably be okay with it. Yeah, so that was my big overreaction. Did you have any other ones that jumped out to you? Uh, the first one I had was, wow, Brett Hundley looks halfway decent yeah <laughs> that throw to Devonte adams yeah it's like he, he was hitting some of his passes however i always remember that he's still brett Huntley. yes uh was that pass his best of his career yeah i would say yeah i can't i mean remember. he looked awful last year so I, that was probably his best pass mm-hmm. and then he returned to form by overthrowing a couple oh, yeah, of receivers yeah. i mean you know you got you, you gotta be consistent 
you know, and he's consistently mediocre or bad. Mm-hmm. I think Packers would be okay with okay. it if he was mediocre. Okay, so we'll just go bad. Mm-hmm. But, you know, l- little taste of, hey, look how good I could be, mm-hmm. you know, but... I he looked okay on that first drive, and he looked, I mean, he had his moments where, you know, hey, he could be a serviceable backup, but then he also went back to being himself. And then Kaiser came in for a little bit. He looked okay, you know, but he's still from the Browns. I mean... He's tainted. Yeah. Is his career basically over now? <laughs> or does he get a second chance now that he's gone from the Browns? I think he gets a second chance, but... He'll always be a backup now. Mm-hmm. You know his days of starting. You know are pretty much he's, over. He's been ruined. Do you think if Rodgers were to? I was going to pose this to you. Do you think if Rodgers goes down with an injury, will they immediately go to Brett Hundley or will they give Kaiser a chance? Because they went to Hundley last year and it was awful. So are they going to go back to him or do you think they'd actually give Kaiser a chance? I think they'd go back to Hundley first because they like the guy who's in the system. That's why they didn't bring in another quarterback last year because <laughs> they thought he was. You know, he was way ahead of anybody else, and despite any quarterback talent, he was still <laughs> he still knew the system. He just couldn't execute it, but that was good enough for him, so it's going to be good enough for him this year. You think? Yeah, I think if he were to play a game or two, if something were to happen to Rodgers and struggle again, they'd throw Kaiser in, but right away, first guy off is Hundley. Okay. Also, why were the Titans even playing Marcus there, Mariota? There, you know, I put that on Twitter, and I was wondering that myself, because if Rodgers is sitting, Mariota is known for being prone to injuries. Yeah. And I was just like, the first game, he could go down injured, and your season could be done. Yeah, I mean, look at Washington Redskins rookie. I mean, look at yeah. Out for the year, ACL. Yeah. I mean, he... But then I clicked on it, I was reminded about something, and I looked into it a little deeper by one of my followers, and I'm just like, you know, maybe it was just for him to get the flow of it. In four years, he's had three different head coaches. Wow. So he's probably had to tweak his offense and learning different things each year, and maybe that was just a, hey, let's see what you can do on the first drive. And he looked good on the first drive, but... You know, that's the only thing I can come up with is maybe just to try to get in the flow a little bit. Otherwise, that was a real gamble. And uh, No starters should be playing in the first or last preseason And games. you'll never see a starter playing in the fourth game. Right, you'll, you better not. <laughs> I mean, they'll play in the second and third game. I think in the second game they'll play like a couple series. And I've seen in the third game you might see a starter play the first full quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, you're not going to see him a lot. I know. I had someone I know went to the Green Bay Tennessee game last night mm. and thought they'd see, you know, some of their prime players. And I tried to tell them, no, you're not. Rodgers isn't going to get to play. Clay Matthews didn't play. A lot of the guys aren't going to be suiting up because it's the first game. And I guess they had the belief that I'd be wrong. And wow. know, I have been wrong on the show before, yes. but I can tell you for a fact that Aaron Rodgers was not going to play. Yeah, you were right on that one. <laughs> you know, so feel free to bring up my freezing cold takes, you know, mm-hmm. people. But, uh, you know, I could tell you for sure that he wasn't. And, I mean, it, it was an interesting game. I, I watched it for, through the first half, a little bit of the third, but I think – with preseason, you can only watch so much because then you're getting into the third stringers and the fourth stringers. and It's not just the personnel. It's the fact that they have no creativity with play calling. They just run base offense, base defense because they want to like, give anything away. Yeah, like the simplest plays. Oh, we're going to go like small slant patterns. We're going to go, you know, yeah. like dump passes, that right. kind of a thing. And you're not going deep. I mean, the Adams play, wasn't that like the deepest play? Oh, by far. Game? Yeah, so... I mean, they'll throw, like, a fancy play maybe in the first few minutes, but it's going to be simple the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. So it got slow. I, you know, I lost interest. A lot of people, you know, that I know who were watching the game kind of tuned out after a while, too. And uh, But, I mean, at times they look good, but that defense, if we want, if we want to overreact, did not look good, I would say, on those first two drives. You know what's weird about the Packers' defense? Mm-hmm. They've got some extraordinary names on that defense. Oren Burks, Lindsey Pipkins. I mean, that's just fake, right? <laughs> Obviously, they have Ha Ha Clinton Dix, a guy named Greer Martini. That's a fake name. Raven is a guy's first name. They have a Kyler. Look, they have Montrevious. Those are like the kind of names you like for like video game profiles. Yeah, you know, they have a Donatello. <laughs> I mean. 
what is going on with this? It's yeah. a broadcaster's nightmare. It's like you're going in, hey, let's find obscure superheroes and what their real names are, and I'm <laughs> going to go with that. And uh, I don't know if anybody's going to top Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Um, yeah, he, his name is a laughing stock. stock. Literally. Ha. Ha Ha. ha. But, uh, yeah, it, they're an interesting team this they year. They are. I... Uh, you know, my column this week, I'll be talking about and making some predictions Ooh, uh, with the okay. Packers. See uh, what I think the Packers will be. And I'm also going to reminisce. Got to have anniversaries in there. Um, to, um, for those who haven't been paying attention, it is the 100th season for the Packers. Really? I have not been yeah, bombarded they've with ne- that. They've never talked about mm-hmm. that this year. But in case you haven't paying attention, it is their 100th season. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to mention that in there. And I'm also going to remember, I'm going to mention a... Occasion that Lions fans will probably want to forget, but I think that they'll be able to put that behind them this year. Yes. Was that the the founding of the franchise? Is that the thing that they're going to regret? No. Uh, it happened ten years ago. Okay, <laughs> I oh. think you, I think you have an idea what it is. Yep. So, but and I I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to say how I think it's going to go. I'm going to really make an outlandish claim at Uh-oh. the end a really a pick that will surprise you for sure really yeah so stay tuned for that one okay I mean, i'm sure at the end of the year i'll that'll probably be my greatest cold take mm-hmm. but you know stay tuned for that i'm one. ready you want to talk some lines now why not? We just mentioned a right. sad history. Let's transfer over. Let's hope this isn't another <laughs> sad part of their franchise. Oh, but. But I, I still can't believe, speaking of overreaction, wasn't like 08 like the biggest overreaction? <laughs> 4-0 Yeah, preseason. 4-0 preseason. Yep. The Browns last year also went 4-0 in the yeah. preseason. And people How are like, is yeah, is this, is this the year that they turn it around and then it ended up being the worst year in franchise history? Does this mean the Packers are on pace to go 0-16? Ooh. Undefeated in the preseason. Um, Uh-oh. Watch out. Maybe. I hope you got a nap today because the Lions play oh, yeah. at 10.30. It, I, I saw that, and I was like, I know they played at night, and I was reminded this morning it's a 10.30 kickoff. Brutal. It's it's going to be bad, especially if you act – I mean – if you've like had a day off, I'm sure you could happen. But if you've been working all day, do you really want to watch a 10:30 kickoff? A 10:30 preseason game, game? which, no. by the way, just the Lions games preseason are televised. I don't know if anybody knew that, but they yes. are being televised. I would riot if the Packers were televised and the Lions I mean, the weren't. F- Fox has their own little thing with the Packers, but apparently Channel Three, nice, will Thank be televised. Will be televising the Lions games so mm-hmm. everybody can get their fix. I don't know how much you want to watch the preseason, but you know if you're really in, if you're really interested, now you can get a taste of yeah. all of them. I'll be watching for a while. I want to see how the. Uh, I mean, it's so late. I probably won't be watching the whole thing. Just, I mean, I didn't watch the Packers game all the way through, but I definitely probably won't watch the Lions one because no. I'm already running on. T- I'm already running kind of on fumes today, anyway. So, um, I'm intrigued though. Uh, there's how will Matt Patricia? That's the question that's been in my head. How will Matt Patricia look in his first year? Well, we won't find out tonight because he's not going to show anything. Yeah. But uh, but it's still in its own way. Like, okay, you get a mm-hmm. little taste. Yeah, know? a little bit. See if anything is drastically different. Is there a player that sticks out in your mind as someone you're interested in watching tonight? Carrion Johnson. I had him written down as well. <laughs> Just because... The Lions have been looking for that running back since Barry retired, and there's quite a bit of talk about him. I know people are saying the same thing about Amir Abdullah, but it's different, I think. I think when people were looking at Abdullah, they were like, oh, this guy's got, you know, he could be good. You know, I think Kieran Johnson actually is good. He has the potential to be great. There's a little bit of difference there. And so I'm interested in seeing how he's doing. I know they got this, I mentioned my column too, they got this three-headed beast they're kind of doing in the backfield this year. You got right. Theo Riddick back there. Um, you know, throw in some other guys. LeGarrette too. Blunt. LeGarrette Blunt on the, on the short yardage. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they handed off to him more than just for like third and two and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it, it's... Different, but I think uh, it could be effective. Um, I actually like the Lions running game this year better than the Packers running game. On paper. On paper, it should be better. The Lions always figure a way to screw it out, <laughs> screw it up every single time. Yeah. So I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm, I'm also on the defense um, just because that was probably the area where they were the shakiest, you know, coming in. But Patricia's a defensive guy. You know, maybe he'll... 
you know, did some little things. Maybe it looks a little different. So I'm about that. Probably Johnson the most, though. Is this the most intriguing preseason coaching matchup ever? John Gruden versus Matt Patricia, both in their first games. John Gruden's coaching the Raiders? I had no idea. You hadn't heard that either? No. I mean, oh, this this man. is like the 100th season of the Packers. Yeah, man. all over again. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's Chucky versus the Beard. <laughs> Grizzly Adams, I don't know. That's an interesting hype thing. They, Chucky versus the Beard. I, that's, a, that's a good one, yeah. if I do say so myself. That's like a, that's like a knockout fight, you know, for uh-huh. boxing. Yeah. Right, you got to have those weird nicknames. This, this would be round one, the mm-hmm. first matchup. Yep. Um, probably not going to be a good one. <laughs> no, it's not going to be good. But... Uh, you know, I don't. Uh, here's an overreaction. The game hasn't even stayed yet. Oh. I think John Gruden's going to be a bust in, the, in Oakland. And sorry, Oakland soon to be Las Vegas. Will he make <laughs> it to Las, Las Vegas? <laughs> I think he will, but I just don't think he's going to do anything. Yeah, I think he's almost guaranteed because his contract is ten years. So you're not going to fire him early because yeah. that's so much money you'd have to pay him. Th- that's like an L. Davis like move, but a move, but he's gone. So there you he go. He did it from the grave or something. <laughs> Took control of Mark Davis temporarily. His, just his to, brain, you know, yeah, just kind of like a poltergeist or possessed something. Possessed like him exactly. Yeah. But uh, I just don't see it with him. I, I think there's so much, you know, people have teased the idea that we're going to hire John Gruden. He's done this little thing himself. I might come back. I might not. And it's just, I don't know. I, I'm i just not seeing it. You know, you, you have, you can look at everything on paper and thing, and I'm like, maybe he could do something. But in my head, I don't see it happening. I think he's not going to last 10 years. Let's put it that way. I just wonder if he's going to update any of his philosophies because a lot of the things that <laughs> things have changed a little for, since the last time he coached. When was he last in the league? Oh, seven or something like that. Yeah. A so decade ago, a decade. <laughs> the NFL has changed a lot and I know he's been in the booth, but it's still different when your personal coaching philosophies are 10 years old. How's that going to translate? And wasn't his last quarterback, Brad Johnson. Or am I thinking of somebody else? No, well, that was his last Super Bowl quarterback, <laughs> okay. which was actually kind of remarkable, <laughs> if you think about T- it. Tampa won on their D, kind of like Baltimore did that one year with Trent Dilfer. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know, I don't see it, but the game is still intriguing in its own matter. Gruden's back, Patricia's his first game. It's got a little hype to it. Could we see Khalil Mack traded? There's talk about that. To the Lions? No, I'm not thinking so. Jake yesterday said yes. Well, he freaked me out a little bit because he's like, oh, my God, dude, look at this, and showed me his phone, and it was a picture of Khalil Mack with like a a Green Bay Packers background and said breaking news, and I was like, oh, my God, no, and it turns out it was fake. Did he he know it was fake? Yes, he did. (laughs) He did. He 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 scared me a little bit. Okay, but I, I don't see it. No. I, maybe after the year I could see it, but I don't think now. Yeah, I don't think the Lions are going to take that risk. It would be nice. It'd be great to get him. But why not try to capitalize when you have on paper great one of your best offenses? Mm-hmm. Add him into that defense, even if it means I mean, a couple that draft offense picks. Is going to be good. You got to win. Got to be win now. If, at if, some if, point. if the line if the line can hold out without injuries. This could be the best offensive mm-hmm. year for the Lions in a long time. Yeah, the only problem is, would Khalil Mack want to re-sign with the Lions? I don't know. Yeah. Or is it just about whoever gives him the money? I think whoever gives him the money and who's going to win soon. You know, I, I mean, feel like the Lions are in a better position than the Raiders. They are. You know, but I don't. I don't know if he would be signed this year. I think maybe next year. Yeah. So it's a risk because you don't even know if you'll be able to keep him after yeah. a year or two. Mm-hmm. You could franchise tag him, but that's mm-hmm. about it. So risky. I wouldn't mind seeing it. I think it'd be great if you they get him. Shake things up once in a while. Yeah. Take a chance with Matthew Stafford as your quarterback. He's got to do something at some point. Mm-hmm. Give him an all-pro defensive player like Khalil Mack. So is Khalil Mack like singing ABBA right now? Take a chance on me? Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. Did you know that he was? he's going to miss this game because he's holding out? He gets fined over $800,000 for doing that. Don't you, like... Wish your life was like, hey, if I skip work today, I can be fine that much and be perfectly fine. People don't make that in <laughs> decades. <laughs> and he gets it for missing a preseason game. <laughs> wow. I would love to be able to do that. <laughs> ah, it's only 800 grand. And? 
I'll, I'll get by. I'll make know? it up playing a half of real football <laughs> next year. Yeah. It's ridiculous. We have got some high school football mm-hmm. coming up next. We'll give you a little taste of our preview show. Talk some Red Wings as well. It's coming up next year on the Sports Pen presented by John's Auto Marquette. You already know that First Bank is all about people. But what does that really mean? It's our people helping our community. Neighbors and friends, both old and new, helping you when you need it most. Like helping veterans take advantage of their VA benefit. I'm Chris Holm, part of the mortgage team at First Bank. Getting a VA loan to purchase or refinance your home is easier than you think. There's no down payment or mortgage insurance required and no limit on the number of times you can use your benefit. When refinancing, you can borrow 100% of the home's value, not 80% like most loans. That may mean more money for home improvements or to consolidate debt. You can apply online or come into First Bank and we'll help you get pre-qualified. See, it's that easy. The mortgage team is here to help you whenever you need us. To find a location near you, visit first-bank.com. That's first-bank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, subject to credit approval. These may apply. First Bank, where it's all about people. Hi, this is John Christensen at John's Auto in Marquette. People ask us what makes us successful. The secret is that we buy clean vehicles in the most popular models, equipment, and only one to five years old, that are from out of the UP Rust Belt exposure. We inspect, clean, and cover them with a no-charge, no-deductible warranty that is good most everywhere. We have been voted the number one source for a used vehicle in Marquette County for the last 12 years. Shop us today or visit johnsauto.net. That's johnsauto.net. This Saturday, we're having our first ever sustainable seafood sale here at the Marquette Food Co-op. We know people want to eat seafood, especially this time of year, but they want to eat seafood that they feel good about. Anything you purchase has been approved by the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. We also have all kinds of great deals and all the little extras you'll want. So if you come in between 12 and 3, you can talk to our seafood specialist and taste for yourself a few of the things that we'll have on sale here at the Marquette Food Co-op. We're going from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. all day Saturday. Now back to the sports pen. Here's Blake Froling. Thanks again for joining us. We are presented by John's Auto Marquette. Give us a call, 906-226-4570. Ryan Stieg is in studio. We went from talking about guys who can just sneeze at an $800,000 fine <laughs> to some players who play for the love, the love of, of the, the game. game. Right? High school football. Mm-hmm. Two weeks from today is kickoff for the first game. Believe it or not, it's come by come quick. Football kind of sneaks up on you because mm-hmm. you're like you're in you're still in summer mode. It's August, you know. It's still nice. Yeah, they won't even be in school, <laughs> you know. And then they play their first game out of the blue. So yeah, I, I mean we're working on our high school football previews at the journal, and we're just like, oh yeah, <laughs> you know. Just, by the way, might want to get this done, which we are. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's just kind of like oh, football season in two weeks. Yep. crazy. So tomorrow, noon, everybody needs to tune in to our high school football kickoff show presented by the UP Catholic Credit Union. It's going to be amazing. It's an hour of previews with Westwood, Marquette, Nagani, Ishwaming Gwynn. I talked to all the coaches, did video interviews with all the coaches. So we'll roll those out throughout next week, and it'll play a couple times on the air. But tomorrow at noon is when you really want to listen. Yeah. You want live. to get it live. Yeah. The first one. Live is always better. Yeah. The first running of it, it's exciting. You get that that taste of football. You know, you don't want to miss it. Like It's like the first first quarter of a preseason game. No, no, no. no. <laughs> this, is, this is the real deal. This is no preseason <laughs> content. Come on now. So who are, who are a couple of the teams that you have previewed um, so far? Uh, well, I have talked to Jeff Olson with Ishming. I've talked to Dave Hillier with Marquette. I've talked to Deanne Brown with Gwynn. Those are the ones I've done so far. Um, for those who don't know, we split up with our part-timer. Um, we're doing – he's doing some of the previews. I'm doing one last year. I had to do all of them because we didn't hire him until nice. September. <laughs> so it was, it's kind of a mess for me. But this year it's a little more equal. So I got three of the Marquette County teams. Um, it's interesting – if there's one thing that I've noticed out of the three, it's depth. I, when I was talking to Jeff Olson, he's told me that this is the largest roster, a number, a amount of players that he's had in quite a while. They have 26. Last year, they 
barely got to 22, and then by the last game of the year, they were down to 11. So, yeah. <laughs> Hard to play when everybody has to play. Everybody has all. to play every play. Yeah. So, you know, so he's happy that they got depth. Deion Brown told me he has more depth this year. He's got pretty good roster. Um, I took their team photo today. Oh. And they're a little, little uh, some size there, some good speed. Um, communication was good in the brief period of time of practice, I said. You know, passes were clicking, that kind of thing. Um, and then Marquette. Marquette's always, you know, they're the biggest school, so they're going to have the, the largest roster. But, you know, there's a lot of excitement going on. I think programs who may have had an off year, I mean, injuries were bad, like for a lot of teams. It was weird. I've never seen injuries hit that many teams, and especially not just like a couple, like half the roster, you know, or maybe the entire roster. I mean, I think going into their last game, they were down 11 after their next to last game, and then they were down to nine going into mm-hmm. <laughs> that last game. So ridiculous. Yeah. So it, it was really bad. And but I think the depth is helping out. Um, Jeff told me that this will not only help keep injuries from hurting the team, but also keeps guys fresh. They don't have to be in there every play of every series. You can pull a guy out on third down, have him get some water, and then put him back in. You know. So that's good. Hillier's really hyping up his team. He thought he's going to have a good group this year. You know, Marquette's been a little down for two years. Last year, a lot of injuries, too. So you can say that was probably the biggest factor. But the, I think there's potential for them to get back to the postseason. I think Gwynn is going to be better this year also. Um, just they got some good talent. <laughs> um, Dion's nephew is on the team this year. That's right. I forgot. How cool was that? that? He was hyping him up quite a good mm-hmm. bit when I was talking to him. He better. You so, got to hype up the family, mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, you know, he's feeling good. I mean, it's usually when I talk for football previews, coaches are, you know, they're they're being positive. You know, every, we, single, every coach. single coach is feeling positive. It's going to be a good year. But I feel like this year it's really genuine. Like, they look at their roster and what they've seen in practice, and they're like, we are going to have a good team. A lot of Sometimes they're just like, yeah, we're going to be good, but I know in the back of their mind it's going to be a rebuilding year, you know. So, But mm-hmm. I could I could see Gwynn maybe sneaking in the playoffs. I could see Ishming maybe sneaking in the playoffs. Um, you know, maybe Marquette. Just, th- this new year with this whole Westpac thing is going to be is really intriguing with the two division kind of thing and how that's all going to shake out. Yeah. It, the Westpac teams love it. And then the teams outside of the Westpac hate it, hate it which is understandable for both. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Marquette's still struggling to try to, I mean, they were able to fill it out, but they're going to, they're having a tough time yep. filling out their schedule. Everybody else in the mid pen teams are happy because right. they get nine games every year now. They were struggling to find games. <laughs> yeah. But now not anymore. Yeah. Ishming was in this trend where they couldn't find nine. Yeah, they had, to, they, they had to play eight and eight, you know. And if they went four and four, they'd have to hope for the best if the postseason came along. So, it's the coaches are really happy about it. I guess if there's one drawback to having the combined conference they did is there's a lot of travel and long trips. Like sometimes, you know, you'd have like that occasional long trip. There's gonna be a lot of long trips. I mean, I think Dan was telling me they go to Lake Linden. This year and a Manistique, <laughs> so you're like going long ways in opposite directions. So that's gonna be tough. Um, I think Munising's traveling quite a ways. Um, but at least none of the schools are going to Wisconsin, right? That's what they wanted. They didn't want. <laughs> they know, didn't want to go downstate. None of the Westbeck schools, I don't think, are going to Wisconsin. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's. I, I'm intrigued to see how that shakes out because the coaches seem to like it. I want to see how the fans like it because the fans aren't really as keen on it because they feel like it's killing some of the rivalries. Right. Well, it is, and it is, but and you know, but maybe you can start new rivalries. You know, mm-hmm. who knows? The only thing is, you can't force them. Yeah, they have to just happen. Yeah, we you, see in college football all the time. Yeah, I mean, you have to you have to have some good games, some close games, maybe some physicality, a little trash talking, mm-hmm. which I don't really endorse, but it helps add, mm-hmm. you know, a little something to it. 
I mean, they're the college teams. Remember U UConn and Central Florida? That's exactly the one I was thinking yeah, of. Yeah, what, what was it called? The the I don't the remember something what. conflict. Yeah, was, I, I don't know, but it, it, it was so bad that they had a trophy and Central Florida won it and left it on the field. They just didn't care. They didn't even care to take it off and put it in the case. They literally left it on their bench. So. Yeah, you don't want to force that. No, but I think you could see some some rivalries start mm-hmm. up again, and some some are being kept. You right, know. some of them still play, but the big one, Marquette Nagani, no more. Yeah, so I think that's, that's I think that's the one that everybody got really upset about. Mm-hmm. So. so again, Saturday noon, kickoff show. Be there or be square. You can also listen on the app. All right, that's my plug. Let's get to some hockey. The Red Wings locked up Dylan Larkin to a long-term deal. Five years, $30.5 million. Led the team in points, led him in assists. He's only 22. How would you rate this contract? This was a smart thing. He's really young. He's got a lot of star power. He's going to be kind of seen, I mean, with Zetterberg, you know, on his last legs. You know, you can see Larkin's going to be kind of their, their leader, you know. so And he now passed Zetterberg with the largest contract on the team. So I think it was smart. Um, when they're young, you want to lock them in for quite a while. And, you know, I know we've, I myself, as well as you have bashed Ken Holland for yes. some questionable decisions, but this was a smart one. Right. Because he's only 22. It's not like he's giving a 29 year old, a nine year contract. <laughs> yeah. He has learned. Yeah. And he not is, to do that. Yes. It's like $6 million a year is reasonable as well. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised. I'm not, with Larkin. I'm a little surprised he didn't go a little further. You know, five years is probably smart, but maybe an eight-year deal or something like right. that. Right. Well, this way he, he's 27, 28 when he's ready for that next contract, right in the middle of his prime. So it works out for both. If Larkin doesn't live up to the hype, they didn't have those extra three years or so on the deal. And if he does live up to the hype, then for Larkin, that's the best time to become a free agent because then. That's when you're going to make the most money off that contract. Yeah, and you know you can try to get more deal out of the Red Wings. Mm-hmm. And other, you can test the market with other teams. Um, Stat-wise, he appeared in all 82 games last year, led the team with 63 points, had a, a kind of a breakout year. I mean, he's looked good. But good was, rookie season. Good rookie season. S- slid off a little bit yeah, in the second Yeah, in second, year. but really emerged this mm-hmm. last year. So a lot of good potential with this guy, and this was a smart decision. But on the flip side of that, we also got some negative news with Henrik uh, Zetterberg. Who we just said. <laughs> yes. So Ken Holland um, talked to the media and said, quote, I have talked to his agent a number of times over the course of the summer, and I know he's had a tough summer. He hasn't been able to train anywhere near close to where he's been able to train in past summers due to his back. So there is a real unknown right now with Henrik Zetterberg, close quote. And it seems like it's just... The prognosis has been getting worse and worse as the season wears on. Yes, I am anxious to know where he's at. He's a bit of an unknown as health. He's had a tough summer. He hasn't been able to train. I'm hoping he'll play. Yeah, that's a confident. That's confident. <laughs> yeah, so I I honestly don't think he's going to. Is it, it? He's a good player and a great leader, but he, would, it be, the, captain, would it be the worst thing if he didn't play this year? I don't think so. And if, you know, they're talking about rebuilding, you know, if he doesn't play, it's kind of a clear indicator <laughs> that they are moving on. Mm-hmm. They're moving forward. And, you know, I think if he doesn't play, I mean, you're going to miss leadership, which is important, but it's not like he's a vital cog in the offense. So, right. Exactly. And you get that roster spot to a younger player who yeah. gets some extra ice time. And if you're Zetterberg, are you going to really risk your long-term health for a team that's going to be uh, at best, you know, a 10 in the bottom 10 of the <laughs> NHL? No, no. I wouldn't want to. Now, if this was a playoff team, maybe you maybe, say, I'll yeah. give it one more go. Yeah. You know, you'll need that leadership. You'll need that veteran experience. But I mean, he's, what is he? Thirty. He'll be thirty-eight in October. Yeah, that's that's usually when guys start to retire. Yeah. No. Not everybody's Yammer Yager. Yeah. Right? So uh, <laughs> he'll 
he's going to be Adam Vinatieri. On a side note, will be the Yammer Yager of the NFL. See, but that's different because kickers it, it it is so different from lasting that long in hockey. You you have to know that. Yeah, yeah, but still, you know, it's a lot longevity easier. kind of a thing. Yes, but um, yeah, he's. I if he comes back, I think he's maybe got a year left. Yeah, at the most. I mean, he didn't yeah. practice for the second half mm-hmm. of all of last year, so it was even bothering him back then. Mm-hmm. And think he'd rather go overseas, go back to Sweden. I mean, if he, <clears throat> I don't think he's going to play any hockey at all this year. At all? Okay. I I think if his back is that bad, if he's going to play hockey, it's going to be for the Red Wings. I don't think he would say, "I'm not playing for the Wings. I'm going to go play somewhere else," because I think he does love the Red Wings that much, and. I mean, he's the captain. He's the face of the franchise. So if he's not able to play, he's just yeah. done. I don't think he would play somewhere else because he's had the option. I mean, the Red Wings asked if he wanted to be traded, and he said no. So huh. he could have gone somewhere else but elected to stay. So I think he's either all in or all out. Okay. I can see that argument. I just know guys, when they're seen as not essential anymore, Sometimes they go overseas to kind of finish out their career. I think the Red Wings do feel him as essential, though. Maybe not for his scoring, own, uh, yeah. but in terms of being an important piece of the team, I don't think he's he's felt as an outsider, whereas some guys might, where, where that, that does happen. Hmm. I just... It's, a, it's an interesting situation they're in. I mean, usually there's teams that sometimes have to play around with the idea of letting a veteran go or if we're going to bring him back. And it seems like the... This is like their big decision, what they're going to do with Zetterberg. I mean, so I don't think he plays, and I wouldn't be surprised if he retires. Um, but at most, he's got a year, and maybe he comes back for that one year just to say, I I finished my career actually playing hockey. Maybe. Not sitting at home, resting my back. Right. You know? Exactly. Because oh, yeah. he does have a couple more years on his contract. Yes. But the value of those years now has it's gone dropped. way yeah. down. So it's almost like you pass up on someone if yeah. you retire, yeah. but it's not as much. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen with him. I'm hoping that he does see ice time just maybe one more time, just kind of like a sentimental thing. You don't, you, you, you don't want a, a great player and – who's going to meant a lot to Red Wings fans to kind of end his career, like on the IR in a way, you know, right. it's like you want to have him be on the ice again. So I'm hoping he comes back, but I can also see it not happening. When we come back, we'll talk about a former Detroit athlete who was injured, came back and kind of the story behind it and some surprising details he revealed. Also the Pistons will be playing a preseason game in a surprising location. Mm-hmm. Get to that after this year on the Sports Pen presented by John's Auto Marquette. Now at Menard, save big money on your next project with 11% off everything. Right now, all stock Fight Electric bulbs are on sale, plus 11% off. Save energy with Fight Electric dimmable LED vintage style bulbs. They last up to 10,000 hours. A two-pack is $5.33 after sale price and 11% off. Get 11% off everything now at Menards. Good through August 11th. Savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. ESPN-UP is your home for Westwood High School Sports. You can catch every single second of football, boys basketball, and girls basketball throughout the 2018-2019 season. It all gets underway Friday, August 24th, when the Patriots head to Houghton to take on the Gremlins. Westwood High School Sports, the Patriots play on ESPN-UP. 93.3 FM, AM 970, online at ESPNUP.com and on the ESPN-UP app. Hi, this is John Christensen at John's Auto in Marquette. People ask us what makes us successful. The secret is that we buy clean vehicles in the most popular models, equipment, and only one to five years old that are from out of the UP Rust Belt exposure. We inspect, clean, and cover them with a no-charge, no-deductible warranty that is good most everywhere. We have been voted the number one source for a used vehicle in Marquette County for the last 12 years. Shop us today or visit johnsauto.net. That's johnsauto.net. You already know that First Bank is all about people, but what does that really mean? It's our people helping our community, neighbors and friends, both old and new. 
helping you when you need it most. Like helping to update homes. I'm Lori Ring, part of the mortgage team at First Bank. Let's look at the equity in your home and turn it into money for remodeling, maybe even a new vehicle or that vacation that's on your wish list. We offer low monthly payments, competitive rates, and access to the funds with either checks or a debit card. Stop in to discuss our home equity line of credit, or for your convenience, we offer online applications. See, it's that easy. The mortgage team is here to help you whenever you need us. To find a location near you, visit first-bank.com. That's first-bank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, subject to credit approval. These may apply. First Bank, where it's all about people. Now back to the sports pen. Here's Blake Froling. We're back. Thanks again for joining us. Ryan Steig from the Mind Drills in studio. And we are presented by John's Auto Marquette. You can give us a call, 906-226-4570. Justin Verlander opened up in a story from Bleacher Report about kind of the depths he was in while in Detroit when he was hurt, 2014, 2015, even parts of 2016. He said Kate Upton was the one who really kind of brought him out of that depression. Uh, He said, who knows if I'm even here if it wasn't for her, that's how bad it got for him sometimes. It was it was a really surprising and, and a really well-done article there by Bleacher yeah, Report. Yeah, it, it's nice to see athletes be that candid nowadays, that they suffer from the same problems that a lot of the rest of us do. Um, you know, I wrote a column last year where I talked about how depression in athletes and anxiety can be really crippling. A lot you don't know about it. You know, they keep it hidden because... They want to see, everybody wants to see them at their top form. They don't want to see them suffering or anybody. So they keep it inside. And it was great to see him just share his story a little bit. And, you know, people may look at that, oh, he's injured, you know, that kind of stuff and kind of disregard it. But he was really struggling. And uh, I'm glad he did that. Yeah. And when you boo a guy or heckle him on social media, you kind of forget that he's a person too. Yeah. You know, he, he's a, he's a, he's a human man. <laughs> you know, it's like you, you get in your mode and I'm guilty of it too. You, you know, you kind of be sarcastic, trash talk a little bit, but at the end of the day, there's still people and you got to remember that. And, you know, I think they're used to getting jabbed on social media. Yeah, that, uh, part of it comes with the job. Uh, and yeah, part of it is, know, is expected. Yeah, they're used to it. But there's a lot of times people really cross the line. All and, the time. And it's always on social media. And it's like I think people just need to realize that, that they're just they're people too. And I that story was really interesting, and I'm glad he shared it. Yeah, and another part of this, one of the surprising things is he says that the Tigers misdiagnosed some of his injuries mm-hmm. and that he could have been back to peak form a lot sooner if it was handled the right way. He said in 2013, after the 2013 season, he hurt his groin doing a squat where he separated the tendon from the bone. Ow. Ow. <laughs> and then they found out that Verlander had an undiagnosed core muscle injury. Uh, in his abs, and so basically his hip muscles had given out after having to compensate so much for a weakened core because they didn't find it in time. They also found out that he lost so much flexibility that his throwing motion would gradually change to the point where he was just arm throwing, nothing with the legs because he'd lost all his flexibility. In 2015, he was diagnosed with a triceps train, but a strain, but the trainers thought it was so mild they didn't give an MRI. Finally, a couple weeks later, they did, found out there was a whole other problem in his back. So, I mean, it seemed like there were a lot of things that were adding up that the Tigers just messed up with Justin Verlander. That's a bit worrisome. I would say so. (laughs) If you make that many mistakes. Like, doctors and trainers, you know, they make errors sometimes, but it seems like they kept making them. It, yes, <laughs> it did. And he had to go to outside doctors to help get help with some of this stuff. That's how he got back. And you kind of wonder if they had treated him properly. Could he have gotten back sooner? Could he have returned to form? I, I think it was 2014. He gave up the most runs in the American League. <laughs> I mean, if they had diagnosed everything properly and, and sooner, who knows what would have happened? 
you know, I don't know if he had been on like Cy Young for him, but he would have at least had a better year. Well, I mean, probably. he was he was Cy Young second in Cy Young in 2016. Yeah, you know, he would have gotten to that point maybe you know, sooner, a lot sooner. Probably not 2014, but you know, yeah. he would have he would have progressed better, and that's really worrisome. It's frustrating, yeah, for me looking back. Uh, yeah, and seeing it's really they... frustrating, especially from a fan standpoint, but also like how. How do you misdiagnose that many things? It it it's really mind boggling. Yeah, <laughs> and then of course Tigers declined comment because this is usually the case. Yes, we screwed up, and I don't want to say anything. <laughs> yeah, he also said. Even I remember last year when he went to Houston, he said the the Astros analytics staff with their video technology. He said it was so much more advanced. They immediately found things to change in his his windup you know, his release and everything that the Tigers never did. And that's why he was so electric right after that. Maybe that's why the Cardinals hacked into their system. Good point. <laughs> I wonder if the Cardinals have similar uh, technology. Similarly. Hmm. Well, they may have developed it now. Maybe. Yeah, well, yeah. they haven't been able to use it properly because they're not that good. Well, you know, perhaps the Tigers might want to look into this. Yes. You know, maybe develop some of this technology. I think so at this point. If you mm-hmm. don't by now, I mean, you're so far behind the times. Yeah. So that was baseball. Let's get mm-hmm. to basketball. Kind of a surprising story. The Pistons will be playing a preseason game against the Cleveland Cavaliers at the Breslin Center Friday, October 12th. Year too late. No LeBron. Ah. I know, sad. But this is actually pretty cool because Dan Gilbert and Tom Gores are both... Hey, Kevin Love. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> but the two owners are Michigan State grads. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gilbert donated a lot of money to help with the Breslin renovation. So he's like, I'm taking my team there if I'm giving you all this money. So I think this is pretty cool for the people of East Lansing. Fun, fun situation there. Um, like I was looking up in between the break, they've had hosted preseason, had hosted preseason games before, uh, 2000. Pistons Jazz. Did not know that. Yeah. And Bulls Nets in 91. Bulls Nets. <laughs> so they would have gotten Jordan. Then. They would have gotten Jordan the year. Was that year he won his first title or the second title? I can't remember. But he won a title that year. Wow. So you got prime Jordan. That's pretty cool. I never and, knew that. And the Nets. <laughs> and the Nets. So, yeah. So, but I... I mean, it's a great thing for Lansing and for, you know, Spartan fans. Um, it's a big basketball community, yeah, for very, sure. Very much so. Even outside uh, of Michigan I State. I mean, it's an exhibition game, but it's it's going to be packed. Um, I remember when I was at UND, North Dakota, uh, the Wild came up. They would periodically come up for an exhibition game to play hockey at the Ralph Engelstead Arena, and I would always get a good crowd. Um, I finally was able to go to one of the games. That was the last time they went up there, and it was a lot of fun. And it, it's really cool for communities, especially who really embrace the sport, mm-hmm. to see it right in their own backyard. I mean, it, just outside of East Lansing, they're doing the Moneyball Pro-Am, where a lot of these guys come back, and those games all sell out. And mm-hmm. they've been going on for weeks mm-hmm. of current college players, former college players, you know, guys in the NBA right now coming back for these basically glorified pickup games and, and people are going crazy for them. So, I mean, this is, if they're going get, crazy for that, for that, they're going to be going crazy for this game. It's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, too bad. I won't be able to go because Westwood has a game. Maybe they can reschedule the game so I can go. What do you think? Make that pitch to John Beckman. Yeah, I'm sure he'll love <laughs> to do that. No, but I won't be able to go, but do you think it'll sell out? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm calling it. Do you think that would sell out in I'm I'm just I know it's the novelty that will help but Cavaliers not that great Pistons the hometown team but people aren't always as excited about them as I am that's my only worry I think it's it's that much of a basketball community I think it's going to sell out cuz I mean you're in a college town I mean what I mean yeah they're, you're not far from Detroit but what are the odds that you're going to have a pro game in your community Apparently I mean, once every 17 years or so Yeah Pretty much. Pretty much. And before that, nine years before 2000. So with 1991. I mean, you look at when the Hurricanes and Sabres came mm-hmm. to Marquette. I mean, there was so much hype around it. People really got into it. You you get a pro game in your town. I'm hoping, I think it will sell out. And at least I'm hoping that it'll happen. Yeah, it should. And uh, you know what it would always sell out? If we did a live show of just the funnies. 
because that's what we've got coming up next. Big segment. Big segment. We're going to love it. A couple local ones. Our favorite writer of all time makes an appearance. Get him, give him a Pulitzer. You yep. said it. Give him a Pulitzer right now. Yeah. You're going to hear that right after this here on the Sports Pen, presented by John's Auto Marquette. Much like the weather, your life could change at the drop of a hat. Don't be caught unprepared. You don't know what will happen tomorrow, but no matter what happens, you can make sure your loved ones are provided for with a life insurance policy from Odd Owners Insurance. Meet with a local independent agent and secure a policy now to rest easy knowing you're protecting the ones you love. This is Colleen at Iron Range in Ishpeming. Contact us today or visit us on the web, ironrangeagency.com. Hi, this is John Christensen at John's Auto in Marquette. People ask us what makes us successful. The secret is that we buy clean vehicles in the most popular models, equipment, and only one to five years old that are from out of the UP rust belt exposure. We inspect, clean, and cover them with a no-charge, no-deductible warranty that is good most everywhere. We have been voted the number one source for a used vehicle in Marquette County for the last 12 years. Shop us today or visit johnsauto.net. That's johnsauto.net. Now, back to the sports pen. Here's Blake Froling. We've got our funnies. I didn't play the music, but don't be That's fooled. Okay. It, it's, it's, still gonna, it's still the highlight of the week. Right. We're presented by John's Auto Marquette. We should get, is, is there like a novelty store up here or something that could sponsor the funnies? You could. I, I know there's not a joke shop or any of that kind of stuff. but Are uh, there joke shops? Is that a thing? You, I've seen them. Okay. It, yeah. It just seems like a... Not a very profitable venture. <laughs> Just but, thinking. I, I mean, I, I, I suppose if you throw in like maybe like some, you like a card shop, like a magic shop, like a memorabilia yeah, yeah. kind of thing, you could okay. do that. But. That would make sense. So we have the Friday Funnies, unsponsored mm-hmm. so far. Let's get right into it. Our favorite writer of all time should be a Pulitzer Prize winner at this point. Carlos Monterez. You may remember him as the one for saying Patricia's going to lose the Lions because he's making them run. Uh, were there, there, there were more that I can't think of right There's now. There's many more. But... I just don't click on his articles anymore. The headlines are enough. Yeah. He had another one. So we remember the Aaron Rodgers incident. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't call it an incident. But, but he, he, he called out his team. Called out his team and, and some of the players for lack of effort. So Carlos says, well, Matthew Stafford lacks competitive fire because he has not called out his teammates in the media yet. Is this is this true? Is does Stafford not care about winning because he hasn't publicly ridiculed his, well, clearly, his team? Clearly, if if you're not screaming and insulting your teammates, I mean, and questioning their efforts, you clearly do not have the passion to be an NFL quarterback. I think he's on the hot seat now. I think Jake Rudock is looking at that, saying, "You know what? Maybe if I this yell at my, a couple maybe players, maybe maybe I, as a backup, start screaming at starters, scream at Matthew Stafford, <laughs> yeah, just a double, yeah. Look how much uh, passion I have, yeah. I, I think we could be onto something <laughs> so, here. Yes, but that was such a joke of a call. Yep. So Carlos Monterez, he's onto something. Uh, we also found out. Do you remember Joseph Fourier? Former, I do. Former tight end for the Lions. Caught a bunch of touchdowns one year. Uh, he hurt his ankle a couple of years ago and said that it was because he tripped over his dog. His dog was adorable. So people were like, oh, okay. Well, surprisingly, in air quotes, mm-hmm. that was a lie. He said he actually hurt his ankle by playing, playing volleyball. volleyball, which we knew there was something else to that story. Mm-hmm. But Didn't he say he did it because he lied because he was afraid like they'd the Lions would cut his pay or yes, something? Yes, they wouldn't pay him because yeah. he got hurt playing another sport. It makes sense. It makes sense, but... Not always the best policy, lying I mean, Did the Lions team. really buy the dog thing? <laughs> they prob- <laughs> they had to know something was on, but they couldn't prove it, yeah, so, so they couldn't yeah. do anything about mm-hmm. it. But there was always a suspicion. Mm-hmm. And in this article, there was also a mention of a conch shell accident incident <laughs> with punter Sam Martin. What the heck? Is, who has a conch shell incident? What does that entail? I don't know what, like, did you, like, have it to your ear and, like, a crab grabbed your ear or something? Or, because I don't, or, like, I, how, how do you do something? I, I, this is the one that I'm trying to figure out. How, 
how do you hurt yourself with a conch shell? We need a sleuth on it, <laughs> on the case. Crack him and, and find get to, get to the bottom of it because I'm I want to know. Mm-hmm. We need to get the bottom of this. Carlos, get on that. <laughs> Carlos, yeah, he'll 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 solve that really quick. All right, next time you're at an Arizona Cardinals game and you want to drop seventy five dollars on food, I've got just the burger for you. All right, this is called the belly busting burger. You ready for this? Here are the ingredients. This is absurd. Five burger patties. Five hot dogs, five brats, eight chicken tenders, eight slices of bacon, 12 ounces of fries, 20 pieces of American cheese with pickles and tanker sauce. This is something like the guy on Man vs. Food would have to eat. This is like seven different foods just put in between buns. Yeah. It sounds delicious. It's, yeah, it sounds great. But you probably, if you finished it, wouldn't eat for a week. <laughs> you would probably need to go to the hospital. hospital. Yeah. How would you even go about the process of eating this? How does it fit on a bun? How, these I things do not fit yeah, together. They probably just give you a plate, and you would like start eating it if you got it before kickoff. You would start eating it then and probably take it home with you in the car and finish it. I think the cheese is key here because once it melts, it kind of sticks things Condenses, together. Yeah. That's why there's 20 pieces of cheese because it's, it's the glue that holds all these ingredients together. Seven. Is it worth $75? No, of course not. I think it is. Really? I mean, how much does a burger I cost? Mean, I, guess, I mean, I guess if you're sharing it with other people, but if you're just eating it for yourself, I mean, how... Eight chicken tenders, that's like $12. Five brats, that's... 20 bucks, you know, it, it, it adds up quicker than you think. And I'm sure you get something if you eat this all. Mm-hmm. Like a free trip to the hospital. That's probably the word. Pride. Word. Is there pride in that? Because that's kind of sad. You can believe in yourself that you can be proud of it, but I, I would, don't know if anybody else would be. I wouldn't want to do that. All right. Here's another incident. I wish this kind of had, I kind of wish this happened to me. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood is a professional golfer. Didn't you pick him in the PGA competition? I did. He's one of my boys. Uh, He's got the long hair. He's probably the most recognized, one of the most recognizable guys on the tour. So he competed in the British Open, didn't win it. But uh, he was not sent his winnings from the tournament. Another Tommy Fleetwood posted a picture of a direct deposit for over $100,000. If this happened to me, I would actually be a little scared because this is how movies start where then people come after you and hunt you and try to kill you to get back the money. I would actually be kind of afraid if this happened to me. I would too a little bit. Like where did this money come from? Like did someone steal this and is trying to hide it? Like am I like some secret Cayman Islands account that this guy thinks he has? Also, we have to talk about how is the British Open – how, does they, how do they do that? Isn't it just by routing numbers? Are they just Googling Tommy Fleetwood bank account? Yeah. Oh, let's send it to him. It's, it's got to be the right one. Uh, th- this doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> no. Get, the, get, get it together. Get it t- together, the open. open. <laughs> I'm You're the it. open. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, finally, I'm going to become a big independent baseball fan. All right. There's some wacky stuff that happens. In there. the same series, back-to-back nights, one night you had a player who was called out on strikes, started arguing with the umpire, got so heated we cannot play the audio. He ran into the dugout, got a trash can, put it behind mm. home plate, and yelled, Go to your home! This, like, like Happy Gilmore. Like Happy Gilmore. It, it was incredible. And then, the next, the very next night, the manager of the other team was thrown out of the game for arguing that a player was safe at third instead of, or he was out at third instead of safe. By the way, watching both replays, the player was right the first night, the manager was right the second night. Both were terrible calls. He argues, gets thrown out, of course, so he takes third base out of the ground and hands it to a fan in the stands. My question is, which one was better? I'm going to go with the guy with the, the trash can because it was a little funnier. 
Yes, it was. I feel like the, I feel like the manager is almost trying to one up <laughs> the guy at the previous. Can night. you imagine the, being at this series, a random independent series, and then these ridiculous things happen back to back nights? It involves the Fargo Moorhead Redhawks. I lived in the Fargo Moorhead area, so they have a good fan base there. I'm sure they were entertained. That is very entertaining. Yeah. I'm also the tra- on the trash can guy's side. That yeah. was. High quality. You can watch the video online. I cannot. Play we cannot the audio. play it. It's a little, uh, little uh, risque. It looks colorful. Yeah. Let's put it that. But way. it's hilarious. Yeah. We are out of time. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Sports Pen, presented by John's Auto Marquette, and you're listening to ESPN UP WZAM Ishpeming Marquette.